It's the same great show, the same great host. Okay. Adequate host. A new time slot here on TSN 1050 every Thursday at 10 a.m. And a brand new opening song. Shout out to Lady Gaga and shout out to all of you out there who are listening to The Edge right here on TSN 1050 where we'll get into local sports, of course, the Leafs and the Raps and the Jays. But we're going to be doing it from a little bit different of a perspective, more of a gambling perspective, more of a fantasy perspective. And if you tuned in on Tuesday and Friday nights when we did it throughout the NFL season, that's what we provided, and that's what we'll be doing every Thursday at 10 a.m. My name is Aaron Korolnik. You know me from First Up. You know me from previously The Edge at night. But now we do it during the day, and it is my pleasure to welcome in as our first guest here on the daytime edition of The Edge it's Carlo Koliakovo. Coco, you're into hour five of radio. How are you feeling? Bang! Thanks for welcoming me to the show, buddy. I am feeling amazing, and I just want to give a special shout-out to Lady Gaga for letting me know I'm on the edge with Aaron Karolnik, because I love yes. that song. I love this show. I am pumped to be here with you today, buddy. And to give the audience a little peek behind the scenes, you called me yesterday like, man, you gotta play this song, Lady Gaga, The Edge, it's been in my head all day long, I can't get it out of my head. Alright, Coco, let's get to it, because the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're the talk of the NHL. 18-4-2, they destroyed the Edmonton Oilers again last night, and when you look at it from a betting perspective... The Leafs were the underdogs on Saturday night when Jack Campbell shut out the Oilers. They were the underdogs when Michael Hutchinson shut out the Oilers in the next game. And then last night, with Freddie Anderson and Austin Matthews back, the Leafs were installed as a slight favorite, and they did work once again. And regardless of who's in net, regardless if the league's top goal scorer is in the lineup or if he's out of the lineup, it doesn't matter with this team right now. They are reeling off wins. We'll get to the matchup with the Vancouver Canucks in a little bit, but your general impressions of the Leafs, and when you're talking about betting on a team that is just so hot, that is reeling off win after win, there is this idea of the gambler's fallacy, right, where eventually it's going to go the other way, eventually there's going to be some kind of letdown, but it does not appear like that's the case with the Maple Leafs at this point. It does not, and I think you'd be a fool to play that trend right now with the Maple Leafs, saying, oh, it's due to end, it's due to end. That's the thing about betting is that when you find a team like this, you want to ride the train and ride the wave. And there's too much not to like about or too much to like about this Maple Leafs team right now to even think about being on the other side of a result for them right now. Even if it is a back to back night and against it's against the Vancouver Canucks. Um, you know, I, I've got I've got a great saying with you that uh, you ride it until it loses. And for the Maple Leafs, they're giving you every good feeling right now to feel good of any decision you make of them winning, uh, no matter who they're playing. Well, it is the third game in four nights for the Maple Leafs tonight against the Canucks in Vancouver, the fourth game in six nights. And when I evaluate my picks each and every day, when I'm looking at the board, I use rest as a major factor in making my decisions for my bets. And I think mm -hmm. any responsible gambler would have to incorporate that. You play in the NHL for 14 years, and this season's a little bit weird because there's no fans. Travel has been limited. You think about the series with Edmonton. How do you think mm -hmm. the three games and four nights, four games and six nights affects the Leafs tonight? 
Uh, in normal circumstances, it would have a big uh, effect in the result. But you, you got to look at the way the Maple Leafs won their last couple of games. There hasn't been any hard minutes that they've had to play. You know, they've they've been able to balance out their 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 big minutes between the, the their four lines and six defensemen, even rotating three goalies. So I wouldn't think that rest or being tired would play a big factor in this role. There was no overtime. It was kind of an easy game that they had last night, 6-1, where they were clicking on all cylinders. Yes, you have a team in Vancouver that's sitting there rested and waiting, but with what we've seen with this Maple Leafs team, even when their top guys aren't going right now, they're getting the depth scoring. So I think that's going to play a huge factor. I think the the first goal of this game is going to play a huge factor because if the Maple Leafs get that first goal again, which, you know, why wouldn't you think they, they wouldn't in the three games that you saw against Edmonton, they're getting the goaltending, they're getting the defense, and they're getting the depth scoring. That ultimately, that automatically boosts your confidence again and gives you the energy that you may not think you had in that game. And for this Maple Leafs team, when you're clicking on all cylinders like this, Nothing seems to stand in the way of 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 what you want of the result that you want to get. He is Carlo Kuliakovo, our guest on the debut daytime edition of The Edge. I'm Aaron Karolnik, and I think it's likely we see Michael Hutchinson in goal tonight. Jack Campbell not practicing yet with that injury, and Freddie Anderson mm-hmm. played last night. So that might give you a little bit of pause if you're thinking about a wager on the Toronto Maple Leafs. But Michael Hutchinson has a 943 save percentage Amazing. through four starts this year. So I want to, wouldn't want to rule anything out with the way this team has been able to perform both offensively and defensively. You won't be surprised that the Maple Leafs are the heavy favorites after last night to win the North Division. They are minus 303 on a number of sports books I've looked at this morning implying odds of just over 75% of winning the North. Now for me, and you look at the spread between the Leafs and second in the North, and we're going to talk about the Winnipeg Jets. I think they're probably the best bet if you look at them minus a plus 500 to catch the Leafs in the North. Mm-hmm. But can you say see a way in which the Leafs don't win this division at this point considering the lead they've built and just the general way they played has been extremely impressive throughout the 24 games of the season the de- they're off to their best start in franchise history with 18 four and two um i think it's still premature uh to label them as division winners especially with what's being uh, presented to them moving forward. They play Vancouver tonight, and then they got a three-game set against Winnipeg. Winnipeg right now has two games in hand on the Toronto Maple Leafs, nine points back. So you think after this week, so much can change in the division. So I wouldn't necessarily be comfortable right now laying that type of money with that type of um, you know juice that, that the Maple Leafs hold right now to win the division because it's a, it's a 56-game season. There is still 32 games left to be played here. And yes, the Maple Leafs have dealt with injuries. They've dealt with goalie situations. They've given you a lot to feel comfortable to back them in this position but anything can still happen I think the one thing that the Maple Leafs have failed to experience this year is a slump yes they've lost a game they've lost four games in in, in regulation six in total but they haven't really had those slumps where it's two three four games and I would believe in any season just because I went through it teams go through that I would I would expect the Maple Leafs to go through that at some point this year uh, maybe they don't. It could could be wrong, but that's just you know history you know trending in their direction right now. And for Winnipeg, I mean, you talk about the deficit that they look at right now. So much can change in a week. So, like you said, the value right now is on the Winnipeg Jets if you're looking for value. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you. At plus 500 to win the North, I think there is some value on Winnipeg. I do think the Leafs will win the North, but at minus 300 seems a little bit rich for me. And on the subject of rich, I don't want to be be hailed as the guy, oh, plan the parade for the Leafs. I'm just relaying information for you. And as of this morning, three separate sports books that I looked at had the Toronto Maple Leafs installed as the favorites to win the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. I mean, Tampa Bay... <laughs> I know that we know what they did last year. We know what they've done in previous years. This year, they're awesome. Andre Vasilevsky yeah. has three straight shutouts. I know. Is this a product of you think about the path to the Final Four, and the Leafs are going to have to play two of the other Canadian teams. If you look at Tampa, they will have to play Carolina and Florida potentially. And if you think about Vegas, they might have to play St. Louis. And these are some quality teams that I'm not sure Winnipeg, Montreal, Edmonton represent the same type of threat. Do you think that's why the Leafs are the favorite, or is it just Toronto's the center of the hockey world and people want to bet on their team? Well, I think Toronto is a public team for sure, not just in Toronto, but in the hockey world. So it's easy to assume that, you know, if you're Vegas, you know, people are, a lot of people are watching the Maple Leafs are going to think, Oh, this team has the, the potential to be a Stanley Cup tenor. Let's label them now. And Vegas is following that same trend, but there's no reason why they can't be in that conversation of being Stanley Cup contenders, there is just, I mean, you've seen it every year. Tampa Bay, you know, set a record two years ago with the, being the best team in the, in the regular season and then get swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets. The, the, the playoffs present a different animal in every season. And for the Maple Leafs, you know, I've always been a big believer that you can't be a Stanley Cup contender before you're a playoff contender. And the Maple Leafs have been far from being a playoff contender in play- previous years. I mean, they haven't won a playoff series since 2004. Not saying that they shouldn't or can't do it this year. They absolutely should do it this year with the, the team that they've built and the way that they're playing. And obviously the path that they have to get there, you know, what people want to label the weakest division in hockey, which I really don't see it that way. Um, it's easy to, to, to look at the Maple Leafs as the favorite, but just comparing them against the other division leader, leaders, Tampa Bay, Washington, and Vegas, right now they're number two to me behind Tampa wow. Bay. Because Tampa Bay is the champ, man. Just look at the way they're exactly. playing. And look at who they're getting back in the playoffs. Nikita Kucherov, their best yeah. player. So, you know, that's that's where that's where my sort of analysis lies when, when looking at a Stanley Cup contender right now. But the Maple Leafs are right up there for sure. And I think you need to also factor in the ability to trade if you're an American team is so much more accessible than if for a Canadian team. You're talking about the quarantine rules yeah. in Canada versus the U.S., so you have a lot more trade potential as an American team than you would for a Canadian team. We talked Here's, here's another important factor, AK. Fans in the stands. Yeah, we're man, seeing sure. a lot. Of, we're seeing a lot of these American teams right now introduce fans in the stands and you can see you can hear the players comment and how uplifting it is and how much more energy they're playing with come playoff time we're hoping fingers crossed that in canada there can be fans in the buildings but if there's not it's going to play a huge factor in any road building that the maple Leafs play in Carlo, it wasn't long ago we viewed the Montreal Canadiens, seemingly the entire hockey world viewed the Montreal Canadiens as the cream of the North Division. And Mm. they were just dominant, and people were hailing them as juggernauts, and the wheels have come off the Canadiens' bandwagon pretty quickly. And yet, I look at tonight, with the Canadiens hosting the Winnipeg Jets, Montreal installed as a pretty significant favorite at minus 150, a game I know you'll be doing on TSN. Can you explain to me the logic behind 
maybe I would understand if it was close to a pick'em, or maybe yeah. Winnipeg was a slight favor. But why would Montreal be getting the love from the bookmakers that they are? You know what? I'm I'm confused about this as well. Considering who they're playing, they're playing the Winnipeg Jets. They just came off a mini two-game series against the Winnipeg Jets, where um, you know they lost both games, one of them in overtime. Uh, and it was after their coaching change. And normally after a coaching change, we talked about it. There's that there's that bump that you see from the group that elevates their play and their passion and their game. And I just haven't seen that in the Montreal Canadiens enough over this short three-game span with the new coach to, 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 to able to label them as the favorite in this game. This team still has a lot of question marks. They still haven't been playing up to their potential. Carey Price is a big question mark in net. You know, with the way he's playing, they just fired their goaltending coach. Are they going to get that bump in play from their goaltending, which is what they hope to get? Uh, to me, I, I would take the value here and go with the Winnipeg Jets because this is a team right now that is starting to click. Pierre-Luc Dubois is finding his legs, finding his rhythm into this lineup where you just look at the top six of this Winnipeg Jets group. They could easily be described as the best top six group of forwards in the NHL. Couldn't agree more, and I think Montreal is going to be in tough tonight. They are coming off a win over the Ottawa Senators, a 3-1 win where Carey Price acquitted himself well. I mean, he allowed one goal, but the Winnipeg Jets are a completely different beast, and I think Montreal could be in tough tonight at home. Carlo, thank you for doing this, buddy. Needed you on the debut edition of the daytime program, and we'll be watching you on TSN, your beautiful face. Your suits, I'm sure, will fit immaculately, and we'll be tuned in, and uh, we appreciate you sticking around. You got it, buddy. Anything for you. And good luck with the show, man. I'm excited for you, and I'm excited to listen every day on you, The Edge. That's right. Shout out to Lady Gaga. Carlo right. Koliakov from First Up. You can watch him tonight on TSN on the Montreal Canadiens broadcast. Well, you, you notice the weather's warming up. It's a beautiful sunny day. Yesterday was 8 degrees, which means one thing. Baseball season is just around the corner. And we need to look at the Toronto Blue Jays, Vladimir Guerrero, his home run totals over or under, and what type of chance do the Jays stand in the American League East from a betting perspective? Our Blue Jays reporter Scott Mitchell joins The Edge next. You're listening to The Edge with Aaron Karolnik, giving you the expert advantage in the world of gambling and fantasy. Let's get down, let's get down to business. We are back here on the edge on this Thursday morning. Our new time slot here on TSN 1050. Make sure to check out the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. And when you hear this appearance from our next guest, I can guarantee a five-star review. He is Scott Mitchell, TSN's Blue Jays reporter. I call him the King of King West, and he joins us here on the edge. What's up, Scott? Oh, no, you're, you're attaching King West to me. I'm more of an Ossington and Bluer guy, to be honest with you. Oh, is that right? Is that right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, I was trying to compliment you. I thought we were going to have some pints on the patio at Belfast Love come May, June, but perhaps we'll go elsewhere, Scott. So let me get down to the nuts and bolts here. And you tweeted out something yesterday that really drew the ire of many baseball fans and I guess just citizens of the city. And I guess when vaccine optimism is paired with where the Toronto Blue Jays will play their season, whether it will be in Dunedin or Buffalo or hopefully in Toronto, uh, a online sportsbook posted, when will the Blue Jays play their next game in Toronto? After May 15th, the heavy favorite at minus 650, before or on May 15th, 
plus 400. Let's go to Aaron's Sportsbook, and let's just lay it out, even odds, yes or no. If you had to bet, will the Blue Jays play a single home game in Toronto this year, where would your money lie? Uh, I would take I would take the yes on that, but I, I'm trying to be positive for my own sanity. So maybe people wouldn't or shouldn't listen to me on that. But I, I, I think you know once you get into August, once you get into September, with you know looking at, at Joe Biden coming out and saying that you know every American is going to have uh, you know be available to to get a vaccine by the end of May. Once all of these players are vaccinated, uh, once everything happens in in that sense. You know, I think the ball could roll pretty quickly. And, you know, on the opposite side, you know, everything could uh, completely go sideways. And, and we could be talking about this again, you know, next year in this position. But I think when you, you talk to the Blue Jays, you, you kind of do the, the math on, on what could happen in, in August or September. Um, you know, I wouldn't rule out September at this point. So if it's one game, if I'm taking the, the 0.5 uh, over under, if that's the line, I, I'm still taking the over at this point. I appreciate your optimism on the Jays playing in Toronto because I could speak for every person who lives in this city. There is nothing more than I would in, that way I would enjoy than sitting in the ballpark and watching the Jays, a team that a lot of people are optimistic about. Some very quality uh, uh, additions when it comes to George Springer, Marcus Simeon, amongst others. The Jays, uh, their win total listed at eighty-seven and a half. Where would your money lie with that respect? Yeah, that, that's a real good line. Um, look, when you when you look at this ball club, that's exactly kind of the range they're in. 85 wins to to that 88, 89 win range, depending on on how you look at things. And obviously, if you're if you're a Jays believer, you look at the offense and you look at uh, kind of what they could do, you know, in terms of scoring runs. And, and you think that uh, you know this could be one of the top five offenses in baseball. And last year, they're already seventh in baseball. They're going to play in that little bandbox down in Dunedin to, to start this season, and obviously both teams get to play there. So I, I will say, and I've tweeted this out, I tweeted it last year too when they were in Buffalo and we saw those jet streams taking balls out to uh, to left center on a nightly basis. Uh, take the over in just about every home game for the Blue Jays in, until you see otherwise because uh, I think there's going to be a whole lot of high-scoring games. So, yeah, when you look at 87 and a half. That's that's right. The range, you know, in terms of the projections, if you look at fan graphs, you look at things like that, that's right. The range that they're supposed to be in. And then you have to factor in as well, um, you know, the trade deadline. And, and we saw this up close in 2015. You can make moves at the trade deadline, adding a, a top of the rotation arm that can completely change your projections. So when you look at fan graphs right now, they've got them at 88 and 74. So the line is, the line is, uh, it's almost like these Vegas guys know what they're talking about. So uh, look, I, I would go under, to be honest. I think, you know, there are a lot of things that can happen in a baseball season. And I don't think this ball club is kind of at the point where they're one of these world series type contenders or, or a 90 win ball club. Do I think they could be? Yeah, for sure. I wouldn't rule that out, but you know, if I'm playing the odds, I'm, I'm looking at the under and I'm looking at, at, at an 85 win season. But, you know, you, you're, you're getting to you're getting nitty gritty there. And I, I might just sit that that total out. I'm, I'm probably not spending my money on that one. Scott Mitchell, our Blue Jays reporter at TSN, is our guest here on The Edge. I am Aaron Karolnik, and I think that a lot of the reasons for optimism from Blue Jays, from the Blue Jays and their fans, has to do a lot with Vlad Jr., um, the number one hitting prospect in baseball just a couple of years ago. He shows up to camp in 
I'm not going to call it exceptional shape, but exceptional shape compared to what he was in previously. And his home run over under prop is listed at 27 and a half home runs. And that would mark a significant jump from his first two seasons. I understand there were certain games played limitations, but do you think Vlad Jr. could sniff 30 home runs this year, Scott? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, when you look at those props, um, I, I think, you know, Vladdy's taken a lot of heat for, for a lot of things in his time here just because of the, the high expectations. But when you look at it last year, he had nine home runs in 60 games. You, you kind of extrapolate that out. That's a, a low 20 home run season. And I, I think there's a whole lot more power in there. You know, I, I know there's a whole lot more power in there just because of the way he hits the ball, how hard he hits the ball. But you know, he hits too many ground balls. And, um, you know, I asked him, uh, I guess, a, a week ago or so now, if he tried to change his swing to promote a little more launch angle this year. And he says he hasn't really tinkered with that. So that's that's the issue with him is, you know, he's going to hit the ball extremely hard, but a lot of those are, are going to be on the ground or line drives that are going to end up, uh, you know, in gaps instead of over fences. But when you look at that ballpark down there, there is a real short porch to, to right field. And sometimes, uh, you know, the wind can be, uh, blowing around there. Sometimes it blows in, sometimes it blows out. So that'll be something to pay attention to. But with his opposite field power and the ability to drive that ball to, to right field, you know, I think he's really going to enjoy hitting in that park. And when you talk about that launch angle, uh, talking to the Blue Jays, they really think just fatigue and, and a lot of the conditioning issues really kind of contributed to that with him being not being able to lift the baseball. So obviously there's going to be a whole lot of, uh, whole lot of uh, attention on on his bat this year and his defense as well but I, I think you know the the number 27 and a half is is probably a little high I would I would be taking the under on that one but could he push 30 home runs absolutely because he has the ability to get hot and probably hit you know four or five in a week Scotty, Nate Pearson's a guy who a lot of people have a lot of expectations for and rightfully so one of the best pitching prospects in baseball and it was an underwhelming season for him. He's still eligible for Rookie of the Year consideration. He has the eighth-best odds on the board. But I'm looking at the props for Nate Pearson. 125.5 innings pitched, 7.5 wins for Nate Pearson. Any inkling on which side you lean with what you've seen from Pearson so far in the spring? Yeah, I mean, wins is, you know, a completely subjective stat that, you you know, it just depends on when you're in the ball game. And look, I mean, to to think he's going to pitch deep into games this year, you know, I just don't see it happening. So, I mean, I wouldn't be touching that one. But the innings is is, is real tight. I mean, 125 and a half, uh, you know, I project in a healthy, full Nate Pearson season this year that, you know, he could maybe get to 130, maybe 140. Um, but look, they're going to be so careful with this kid just because of a, a whole host of factors, including the elbow injury he had last year. The fact he's never thrown more than 101 innings in any season of, of his short, uh, you know, minor league pro career at this point. Uh, so when you factor in, teams are hesitant to go 30 or 40 innings over anybody's career total. So, so that's right in the range there. And then when you factor in, you know, the, he just may not, you know, be lights out from the get go, may not pitch deep into games. Um, you know, I would be, I would be, uh, I would be looking at the under on that one because I, I think you just have to be so careful with this kid because of how important he is uh, to your future and, and not just 2021.
Make sure to follow Scott at Scotty Mitch TSN, providing a number of gambling aspects of the sport of baseball, which he covers so well for TSN. Scott, thank you for doing this, and we'll be calling on you many times throughout the baseball season for some informed wagers. Thank you, my friend. Hey, no problem, buddy. Hey, and look, I, I think you're going to be a great listen. I think it's going to be a great show, so I, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I hope you, uh, hope you win people some money. Me too. Or myself. I'm just concerned about my own financial future, Scott. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, Paul. All right. That is Scott Mitchell, TSN's Blue Jays reporter. And there's a lot going on down in the state of Florida today. The Arnold Palmer Invitational teed off this morning. And if you were listening to Overdrive, which you should, I'd be hard-pressed to imagine that anyone's not listening to that show these days. Jeff O'Neill, the O-Dog, was insistent that Bryson DeChambeau would miss the cut. Now, Bryson, he was making headlines throughout the week because he was had his track man out at the sixth hole at Bay Hill trying to drive the green on a par five. And that drew the ire of the O-Dog, saying that Bryson was going to miss the cut. Now, Bryson listed as a minus 650 favorite to make the cut. And bad news for the O-Dogs so far. Bryson is two under through eight holes, tied for fourth. And believe it or not, in first place, and again, we're just talking about the first round through the front nine, but Jordan Spieth, once again, is on fuego. His first appearance at the Arnold Palmer's first appearance at Bay Hill in his career. But Jordan Spieth, like he's been doing since the calendar turned to 2021, is balling. We'll keep a track of that throughout the morning. The Raptors last night... We're six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Detroit Pistons, which, if you think about it, without Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, without um, a number of their coaching staff, I mean, it just Pascal Siakam also out. Like, it, it was a hard... We were very hard-pressed to think the Raptors were going to be able to cover the six-and-a-half, and we know what happened. It did not turn out well. The Raps were absolutely blown out. Now, tonight... They play the Boston Celtics, a back-to-back, and we had Jack Armstrong on first up this morning. And if you're thinking about making a wager on tonight's game and backing the Raptors in a potential bounce-back spot, you might want to think again. You mentioned a really good point about how difficult this is as a back-to-back. And I made this point on TV last night. You know, This isn't flying from Toronto to Boston in the middle of the night. This is flying from Tampa, Florida to Boston. That's a long flight. Uh, that's a late night. And then now you're playing again at 7 o'clock. That's a quick turnaround. I, obviously, I've been doing those trips for a long number of years, 22 of them, not this year, the 23rd, because we're not traveling. But uh, when you have that long night and then you got to play again, that's tough. And uh, so to me, uh, I'm sure these guys are exhausted. Uh, Boston didn't play last night. And, uh, you know, the Raptors are going to have to probably come up with one of the best efforts they've had all year to have a chance to win. And I don't want to rule anything out with the Raps because this is a team that fights adversity like very few do. You think about the 16-0 and record without Kyle Lowry the last two years, but considering it's the final game before the All-Star break, they are on the verge of being off until March the 11th. Today is March the 4th. So you're talking about a full week off for the Raptors. They are eight-point dogs in Boston, a team that's basically fully healthy minus Marcus Smart, and the Raptors are anything but a very tough spot for the Raps. That's a game you can hear on TSN 1050. But if you want to maybe put some action on the game, I think there's one way you can play it. And Kyle Lowry, his player prop for points scored tonight is 21.5 points. And you think about Kyle Lowry's average of the season, just over 18. 
But Kyle Lowry, he had 21 last night, and after the game, he had this to say about his own performance. It's very difficult to, you know, just go out there and want to shoot every time and, and try to. But I, I should have shot more. I should have been more aggressive. Um, but, you know, unfortunately, I, I wasn't. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a tough balance. But, you know, in this situation, I should have shot more. But I didn't. So he should have shot more, which leads me to believe that Kyle Lowry is poised for a very big night tonight. Only 11 shot attempts for Lowry last night. It was Norm Powell who took the large burden of the offense on his shoulders. I think Lowry comes out with a big performance tonight. Keep in mind, Marcus Smart, all NBA defense first team last year with the Celtics. And if you think back to the playoff series between the Raptors and the Celtics, Marcus Smart was the guy who was matched up on Lowry quite a bit. So you might see a lot of Kemba Walker on Lowry, which bodes well for his ability to score. I think you see 25-plus from Kyle Lowry. And I think you see the over on 21.5 points scored. So if that's one way you want to play it, I think it's a way that makes a lot of sense. This show would not be complete without an appearance from Al's brother. He was the technical producer on the program in its prior iteration when we were on from 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. on Tuesdays and Fridays. It's only natural we give him a ring because, as we're all aware, Al's brother is a Vancouver Canucks super fan. And the Leafs are in Vancouver tonight in their fourth game in six nights, third game in four nights. Does Al's brother think that the, his Canucks can derail the juggernaut that is the Toronto Maple Leafs? Stick around and find out next on The Edge. Yes, we are back here on The Edge, live on TSN 1050, our new time slot. That's right, 10 a.m. every Thursday, and in the previous incarnation of this radio program, it went on Tuesday nights and Friday nights. And the man behind the glass was not 20 Fingers Christy Avero as it is today. It was our next guest. He is, of course, Al's brother. You know him from his North Division power rankings and his turtlenecks on overdrive. I know him as a gambling maestro. Good morning, Al's brother. How are you? I'm doing well, AK. Glad to be here on your first installment as mm -hmm. the daytime show. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we can't team up like we used to back in the, the Friday and Tuesday nights, but I'm glad that uh, the edge is back. The Edge is back, and it wouldn't be the same without you, Al's brother. One, because you're the man with the power rankings on Overdrive, but two, because you are Mickey Canuck. You are a Vancouver Canucks fan. You're very passionate. You're very knowledgeable about your team, and they're opposed by the 18-4-2 Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. And Vancouver is an underdog, not surprisingly. The Leafs are playing their fourth game in six nights, their third game in four nights, and Vancouver is a rested team. What chance do you give the Canucks of staging the upset tonight? Yeah, I, I tell. I wish I could come up with some sort of hot take, but unfortunately, uh, I, I can't. I'm I, I'm taking the Leafs tonight. You talk about they're they're playing four game or three games in four nights. They're their fourth games in a whole bunch of days, but. The way that this team is playing right now, Sheldon Keefe is just rolling out lines, uh, and, and their big guns are quite rested. Like last night, both Marner and Matthews played less than 19 minutes, well below their game average. Riley and Brody played well below their game average. It was just a full team effort. And because they're doing that, it's allowing them to stay fresher. So I don't think that they're going to be as tired as you would think they would be on night two of a back-to-back -back because they've you know, been pretty well rested. So I think the Leafs should come in here tonight and uh, should most likely make quick work of the Canucks. 
He is Al's brother. I'm Aaron Korolnik. You're listening to The Edge here on TSN 1050. We're live every Thursday at this time. And I think you make a great point about the rest. And actually, if you look at the Leafs' last four instances in which they were playing their third game in four nights, they have won each and every one of those four instances. So it's a poor argument to, to use if you're thinking about the rest or the lack of rest for the Maple Leafs. And when you think about the Vancouver Canucks, a team that has not performed well of late, they did beat the Winnipeg Jets a couple of nights ago, but they've lost the subsequent outing. When you look at Vancouver, Al's brother, what do you see as an opponent, as far as an opponent for the Leafs, and where do you think they could maybe cause some trouble for a Leafs team that has faced very little of it recently? I think the transition game, the Leafs just, if they can break the puck out well, Vancouver has been a tire fire in their own end, which doesn't bode well for a team that likes to have possession and likes to move the puck around with such ease like the like the Maple Leafs do. You're going to see, you know, Marner, Matthews, Nylander, this Hyman, this third line is really coming on as of late too. They're just going to be able to move the puck around, uh, get bodies to the net, and and get the goaltenders moving. The goaltending hasn't been great for the, the Canucks either. So I think that they'll be able to pick up on that. The Leafs should be able to do whatever they want in, in, their, in the offensive zone, to be quite honest with you. And, and that just plays to their advantage and if they keep kind of buckling down and and play a balanced game like they have i don't think the canucks are going to be able to do as much damage uh on on the offensive side too so to be honestly i think if i'm laying down some some money on this one uh i i think leafs i saw their what plus three or minus 300 to to win this game on the money line i probably would even go go as far as saying puck line just because of how big of a of a matchup this is and, and and overmatch that the Leafs should be tonight the Leafs just minus 150 tonight, Al's brother. So if you think at minus 300, that would be perhaps not extreme. At minus 150, there may be a lot of value. The over-under, six and a half goals. And while the Leafs have been winning games, they are not... I mean, they're, 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 they're scoring an adequate number of goals. Of course, six goals last night, but I guess they're not allowing any goals. So the under has been a very profitable play for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I am looking at the Twitter account of John Liu, who of course covers the Montreal Canadiens uh, for TSN. Josh Anderson taking part in the morning skate, so it's likely you see him back in the lineup after missing a couple of games. The Canadians are hosting the Winnipeg Jets, and Al's brother, we were talking with Coco, Carlo Koliakovo earlier, who's doing the game for TSN, uh, Montreal and Winnipeg. Surprised to see the Habs as such heavy favorites over a Jets team that has looked really good since installing Pierre-Luc Dubois into their top six in their power play. That top six is rolling. The offense is looking really good. And I know you have the Winnipeg Jets high up in your North Division power rankings. How do you handicap the Canadians and the Jets tonight? Yeah, that makes no, that makes absolutely no sense to me. Like Montreal has no business being the betting favorites going into tonight's game. Sure, I guess they're the home team, which may give them an advantage, but there's no fans in the stands, so I, I don't even know if home ice advantage really means all that much this year like it does normally. I guess you could say they have a new coach. Uh, the, they fired Stefan Waite, the goalie coach, and they're bringing in uh, Sean Burke. So this he's, be in, his... he's still in quarantine, Sean Burke. He's not even there yet, so they have uh, like, well, another backup true. goalie coach, so I don't even know <laughs> if that would factor in. It's, a very, it's very curious. Very curious. It, it, and that just goes to show, like, it, there, uh, there's not much that goes into why you should back the, the Habs in this game. I think you should back the Jets, like, 100% back the Jets tonight. They're, they're plus money, plus 120 on the money line. And I think they're going to go in there and they're going to do their thing. I think 
Connor Hellbuck is playing uh, fantastic Vesna-level hockey. Like you said, Pierre-Luc Dubois, he's finally been inserted into this lineup, and, and he's really picked up his game since he's got there. It, it took him a little bit, right? Had that quarantine, and then also got injured and missed another couple of weeks. But he's been back for a few games now. He's contributing offensively, and it's just such a deep team. Like They can roll out uh, all four lines. I mean, Montreal's a deep team, too, as well. But you know the Jets are just on a whole nother level. I, I really don't understand the odds makers and why Vegas has the Habs as the favorites for tonight because I think this is this is easily uh, a Jets victory tonight. So that's who I'm backing uh, 100%. You heard it from Al's brother. Easily a Jets victory, and you can get them at plus money on wherever you cast your wagers. Al's brother, a pleasure as always to speak with you. I look forward to seeing you on Overdrive and always look forward to your North Division power rankings. Thank you very much. Also, for the Flames and Sens tonight, I think Ooh. Andrew Mangiapane has a little quick prop bet, plus 300 to score a goal. Mangiapane's been pretty money this year. I think that's a decent uh, decent value right there. Your paisan, Mangiapane. I love it. Exactly. I love it. He has been very good. He plays in the power play as well, so I think there's definitely some value to be had in that goal-scoring prop. Al's brother, thank you, buddy. Get some rest, and we'll check you out at 4 p.m. on Overdrive. Sounds good, buddy. Thank you. All right. That is Al's brother, who is a staple here on the edge for his gambling prowess and his love of turtlenecks. I'm Aaron Karolnik. You're listening to The Edge. This weekend is the NBA All-Star Game, right? I, I, I barely knew as well, but the three-point contest and the dunk contest, I have found some exquisite value for you when you're watching it, and I'll tell you what it is coming up next. Wrapping things up on the edge for this Thursday morning, our new time slot, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. You could hear us every Thursday, so if you need your gambling and fantasy fix, you have found it. Um, as far as the world of golf goes, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, ongoing as we speak. And if you heard Golf Talk Canada earlier this week from 10 to noon right here on TSN 1050 on Mondays, Bob Weeks loved Jason Kokrak as a sleeper. And was Bob Weeks right or what? At least to this point, Jason Kokrak, the leader at four under par. Bryson DeChambeau's at two under through nine. Jordan Spieth just bogeyed the ninth hole, so he is at two under as well. But you will see a litany of quality players go out this afternoon, and you want to stick around and hear what happens. Because on overdrive, the big wager, will Bryson DeChambeau make the cut? And to this point, it looks like the answer is yes. So one of my favorite events all year long is NBA All-Star Saturday night. And this year, of course, due to the pandemic, the weekend will be abbreviated. There will be no All-Star Saturday night, but there will still be a dunk contest. There will still be a three-point contest and a skills contest. Just it will be happening prior to the game and at halftime of the game. And I love the NBA dunk contest. And sure, it may be a little bit watered down. And this year, I can guarantee you have probably never heard of any of the guys who are partaking in the dunk contest. Obi Toppin, who was the National Player of the Year last year coming out of Dayton, he is installed as the favorite to win the dunk contest. This is a guy who's thrown down some crazy between-the-legs dunk in his time of college and with the Knicks. Anthony Simons is listed as the second guy. And then the third guy is probably who I'm most interested in. His name is Cassius Stanley. He is plus 200. 
and I have gone on YouTube. I have done the due diligence for uh, for you, for the audience. This guy throws down some crazy dunks, some totally ridiculous things, and I'm reading in the news that Cassius Stanley is going to unveil a dunk that he has never performed live and we have never seen in the dunk contest. So at plus 200, I love the value on Cassius Stanley if you want to have some action on the dunk contest. The three-point contest, I mean, Steph Curry is the favorite, and I mean, how could you possibly bet against Steph Curry? Plus 190. Zach Levine, who's actually the two-time dunk contest champion, is trying to become the first player in the history of the NBA to win both the dunk contest and the three-point contest. He has the second-best odds, followed by Donovan Mitchell, followed by my pick. It's Devin Booker. He's won the event before. He's been in the mix many, many times at plus 500. He is an absolute steal, and he would be my pick as far as value goes. But if I had a gun to my head, I would take Steph Curry because he is Steph Curry. All right, well, that is all that is to be written on today's debut edition of the Daytime Edition. I said edition twice. Of The Edge here on TSN 1050. Uh, thanks to Carlo Koliakabo. Thanks to Scott Mitchell. Thanks to Al's brother for joining us. We'll be back next Thursday at this very time for more of The Edge. Thanks for being with us.